Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections number 8. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. We got two guys today. Two guys who aren't who you think of when you think of the New York Giants, but two guys who probably will have some important roles. We got Cameron Fleming and Kyler Fackrell. Justin, what's going on, my man? Bobby Skinner, two new faces to the 2020 team. I think one were a little bit more excited than the other. Um, there's also one person that does that. Uh, there's a portion of Giants Twitter that says that this person should be starting at left tackle. But anyway, by portion you mean like two people? Yeah, by that, that portion I mean by two people. But my fun Let's fact. Let's talk about the guy. My fun fact about Cam Fleming is that he went to the University of Stanford. So that's a well-known fact, I guess. Stanford team, Levine Tololo, Caden Smith. Oh, just adds to that Giants pedigree that we got going There's one more. Can't think of who it is. Oh, Blake Martinez. There you go. There you go. Just adds to that Giants pedigree that we got going on right now. But Cameron... It was Stanford versus Georgia until DeAndre Baker Mm. um, did what DeAndre Baker did. And Alec Ogletree. Yep. Rest in peace. Gone. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, Went to Stanford, and I looked up his major. His major was Aero... I don't even know if I'm saying this right. Aeronautics and astronautics. Do you know what that is just by guessing, Bobby? I don't know. I just, I'm guessing airplanes. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Airplanes Air. and space. Yeah, no. Place, space planes. No, you're, no, that's actually space spot. Spaceships, as some would call them. That's actually spot on. Aerospace engineering is the primary field of engineering concerned with the development of aircraft and spacecraft. It has two major overlapping branches, which is aeronautical engineering and astronautical engineering so that's what Cameron Fleming majored in in college it wasn't like okay I'm gonna be a football player and just major in like communications no he went all out so wow, I guess just trashing all our communication <laughs> majors out there I think Danny's gonna be a communications major no it's it's a good thing but a lot of athletes just do communications or sociology I'm also I I, I come from a branch of sociology so I'm even trashing myself but yeah if you see Cam Fleming on the street ask him how much he knows about like airplanes and stuff I'm a big space guy. I live at where the Kennedy Space Center is. Mm. Uh, I'm a big NASA guy. All right, Cam Fleming, six foot six, three hundred twenty pounds. Justin, he's going to be twenty eight years old when the season starts in two thousand fourteen. He was drafted in the fourth round by the New England Patriots. Giants brought him in on a one year, three point five million dollar deal. He started three games for the Dallas Cowboys last year at left tackle. Started three games in 2018 for the Dallas Cowboys and then 20 games in four years at guard and tackle for the New England Patriots. Justin, we assumed he was going to be a backup when this guy joined the Giants with the Nate Solder news. I think we're assuming he's the starter at right tackle week one. Yeah, absolutely. And gosh, because we talk about from the standpoint of putting Andrew Thomas at left tackle and that's the best spot for this 2020 Giants team. But what's the unfortunate part about the Nate Solder news? There's a lot of unfortunate parts of that Nate Solder news uh, just on a football and personal level. But if we're just talking solely football, the most unfortunate part of that is that now we have a right tackle question. And that question is basically Cam Fleming. It could be Nick Gates, um, but we're not going to talk about that. That's for maybe another day. Bobby, I'll just get into maybe my thoughts about Cam Fleming because this is actually the player out of everybody that we've that we've previewed so far in our PPPs. Cam Fleming is the guy that I rewatched the most tape of, and I went back to multiple years to see what he did and how he did. And Bobby, there is nothing athletically that Fleming does that impresses me. 
there there is there is nothing. I really tried to find something. I watched 2019 when he was a fill-in left tackle for the Cowboys. I watched 2017 when he was a right tackle. Watched him start in the Super Bowl, and it wasn't terrible, but nothing that I really got excited over. Bobby, and this is, I know I'm, t- I'm, kind of, I'm kind of taking your thunder about evaluation of a player right now, but he doesn't seal off his blocks in the run game. He doesn't move to the secondary level well. He rarely comes off his own double teams. Hit The lack of athleticism that I talked about, it shows in his pass sets. He has to abandon when he's doing his, his kickback in his regular pass sets. He has to abandon that, and he has to cross his feet sometimes to, to recover from a speedy edge rusher. And that speedy edge rusher, at least in Super Bowl 52, was Chris Long. Who isn't who isn't really a speedy edge rusher? Um, he can get the job done, but it doesn't look pretty while he does it. Um, Mike Remmers much much better than yes. Cam Fleming. Yes, Mike Remmers is definitely better than Cam Fleming. That that being said, Cam Fleming wasn't brought in to start at right tackle. He was brought in to be the backup swing tackle. That's just been activated way sooner than we thought. Um, the Green Bay game was the game I watched of him the most because I saw what Nate Solder did against Green Bay. And while it wasn't good, it was better than how Nate Solder fared in that game. Yeah. And that was in a dome, which is an advantage for edge rushers, where the Giants and Snow, like where that's an advantage for offensive linemen, got, was done way worse than, than Cam Fleming. So that is not really a compliment, but it is like a – Looking at the brights, it's like a, a silver lining to this is that he wasn't as bad as Nate Solder. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that he's worse than Nate Solder, but in that game, he wasn't as bad as Solder. Um, right tackle, you could deal with a little bit more struggle than you can at your left tackle. The whole just, hey, it's happening in front of you instead of behind you. So I'm not like high on Fleming. I don't expect him to be very good. Um, but I don't. I also don't expect him at the right tackle role to wreck game for wreck games for us. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he. I think he can have a bad game and it won't totally wreck us the way Nate Solder at left tackle would have a horrible game and it would like put points on the board for the other team. Yeah, I, I certainly hope not. And you mentioned how he wasn't brought in here to be a starter. There has not been a single season where Cam Fleming has gotten more than 42% of the offensive snaps. Um, and even that was even back in 2015. Um, he had 23% of the snaps in Dallas in 2019, 2018. He had 22%. 2017, the year that he started in the Super Bowl at right tackle with the Patriots, he had 32% of the offensive team snaps. So, yikes, yikes. Do you think that it ever gets to a point where. Nick Gates is at center because I think that's where, you know, kind of the tea leaves are pointing that way. You've said that before on on, a, on the podcast, Bobby. But do you ever think it gets to a point where the Giants could pull the trigger where it's that bad with Cam Fleming that Matt Parrott has to come in here? I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not a fan of throwing Parrott out there. I don't think he's ready. I think he is someone who would, like, it would cause him harm to go out there and be thrown out into that mix early. Give him a year to work on his craft. Parrot's obviously way more athletic than Cam Fleming. Yeah, you know he's stronger. He, I would if you just asked me in the run game, I would be if if we're talking about if we were going to run the ball eighty times in a game and pass the ball zero, I'd be like, just go throw Parrot out there. Let him let him be an athletic guy. Yeah, because Bobby, him, the main thing that yeah. frustrates me, and I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, but the main thing that frustrates me about Fleming 
I don't know if I saw one time where he came off of a double team and he moved to the secondary level. Not once, and that's frustrating because Saquon Barkley has historically been a much better running back when he's running to his right side. He primarily holds the ball in his right hand. He rarely ever switches hands. He rarely ever switches hands, so... When you're running to the right side, you have the ball in your right hand, the sidelines to your right side. You have that left hand for stiff arms, and we've seen Saquon Barkley put up some highlight-worthy plays when he's able to stiff arm guys, um, and that would be on that's on camera Fleming's side this year. So I hope the run blocking, because of Fleming's presence, doesn't take more of a step back. I mean, it's, it's it already wasn't that good, that great to begin with, but I hope it doesn't even take more of a step back because of his presence. Because Remmers was solid. Remmers had like a mean streak to him. Remmers got off the stance pretty good, and at least and at least Remmers had the excuse of a back injury, and he was playing guard with the Vikings back in 2018. I mean, 2019, Remmers had this track record of, you know, like I said, being nasty. He did very well moving to the secondary level, and he was adequate and average enough in pass protection. Um, I think Remmers was fine. Yeah, he's a he's a loss to this team. Yeah. Um, I don't think, like you said, they weren't expecting Nate Soldier to not be a part of this team. Um, Remmers had two g- bad games in my mind. One was against Arizona and Chandler Jones in a game where Daniel Jones, if there's any game you could point to where Daniel Jones held onto the ball too long, it was that game. And then the second game against Demarcus Lawrence, which the first game of the year, he handled Demarcus Lawrence. So Remmers was a loss to this team. And uh, people bring up like, well, Soldier and Remmers had the most pressures allowed to, like as a tackle duo. And it just reminds me of Tracy McGrady and Jawan Howard being the top scoring duo in Orlando. It's like, it's not Jawan Howard that's <laughs> doing that. It's just that Trace McGrady's averaging 34 yeah. a game. And then the second best guy is just compa- uh, doing that. And Shaq and Kobe, that was their first year apart. Anyways, deep to early 2000s basketball cut right there. So I'm not pumped about Fleming at all I think it's this has probably been the most negative player profile projection we've done yeah. so far it definitely is yeah and, and I think part of why we have to kind of be the dose of reality to Giants fans right now is because nobody not a lot of people are really talking about Cameron Fleming's game a lot of people are talking about Nick Gates because he's exciting but Cameron Fleming is probably going to be the starting right tackle and right tackle is a very important spot so we need to talk about how what we're going to expect from that spot, and yeah. this spot could very well be the the worst part of this offensive line this year. I think a big part of it, though, is I think we're actually confident from left tackle to right guard. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, everyone's com- confident in Zeitler. Hernandez, as much as he gets picked on for his uh, year last year, I think we're all confident he'll be fine this year. Gates, we're all confident, and then Andrew Thomas is Andrew Thomas, so... Um, I think that's why. All right, do we got anything else on this guy? Do we have to keep? Do we have to tr- keep trashing him? Can we move on? No, let's move on. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin. Let's talk about Kyler Favreau. Some people are saying that he's the best Kyler in the NFL. I don't know who it is. I'm just saying that there's some people saying that. <laughs> Justin, he's six foot five, two hundred forty-five pounds, twenty-eight years old. He was taken in the third round of the two thousand sixteen NFL draft. Another Giants free agent added one one year, four point six million dollar deal. This was looked at as the replacement for Marcus Golden. Now that Marcus Golden has been signed, I think the Giants, if they knew they were going to get the deal they got on Marcus Golden, probably wouldn't sign Kyler Fackerel. That being said, I think he's going to be part of the rotation. What do you got on the cap? Uh, I'm glad that he's here, Bobby Skinner. But here's my here's my fun fact about Kyler Fackrell. He took a year off of high school 
after he graduated and made a living painting houses while deciding whether or not to go on a Mormon mission. He ultimately decided to accept the scholarship to play football for Utah State, and he received his redshirt status his first year. But how do you like that? Kyle, Kyler Fackrell was probably this close to being a Mormon. So is he not, he's not a Mormon? No, uh, clearly not. I think well, part of being a Mormon is that you have to live simply, and he just accepted a $4.6 million contract. That's not exactly living simply. Yeah, but maybe he gives away 90% of it. Mm, that could be true. Bad guy that I just presumed. That. I mean, I hope to make four point six million dollars like in one day, and I want to just give it all away. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Kyler row, though, the best Kyler in the NFL. People are saying that. Justin in two thousand nineteen, he had twenty three tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss, ten QB hits on forty percent of the snaps. The year before two thousand eighteen is what you cling on to with this guy: forty two tackles, ten and a half sacks, twelve tackles for a loss. 12 QB hits on 59% of the snaps. I know you got some advanced stuff, but I mean, what are your thoughts on Kyler Fackrell just as a player? Yeah, uh, I was originally as, as time went on during this off season. And after we did the initial research period of really trying to figure out who he was after we signed him, I was getting really excited for Kyler Fackrell. And I think I've had a coming back to earth moment, coming back to reality moment about, you know, recognizing number one, Golden's back, the role that we want O'Shane Ximenez as to play and how those two guys are going to be the primary guys. But I think that that may even make you even more excited for Fackrell that he isn't going to be a guy that we're going to be relying on a ton, a ton, a ton to be our primary pass rusher because he can do multiple different things and he was successful in Green Bay. Uh, Bobby... He's an athlete that I think can flow sideline to sideline pretty well for an outside linebacker and for an edge rusher. I love his motor. I think he's a good, smart, instinctual player who does a great job sniffing out screens. Um, I think you also see the motor when it comes to him rushing the passer. He doesn't give up on a play. Finds a way to pu- finds a way to push his way back to the quarterback. Um, you're hanging on to that 2018 season, obviously. But the thing that does make me worried about future success when he gets that kind of big sample size and when he gets a big opportunity to rush the passer yes he did have 10 and a half sacks but he only had 12 quarterback hits which is kind of bananas and that's kind of impressive that he only had 12 quarterback hits but he turned those into 10 and a half sacks but even in his 2019 season where he did get much much more limited pass rushing opportunities now the snap share is deceiving because even though, what, in 2019, 20%, he had... 20% less, but I know what you're going to say. Say it. Right, 40% of the snaps in 2019, but still, because you had the presence of the two Smiths in Green Bay, what Kyler Fackrell was doing some of the time on third downs, he would be situationally, he would only come in on third downs, and he would basically be lining up in the A-gap a lot of the time next to Blake Martinez, and it would either be both of them, Martinez and Fackrell, pulling back into coverage, Fackrell's rushing the passer from the A-gap, or even Fackrell's dropping back into coverage, and Martinez is blitzing. So even though he got 40% of the snaps, not all of them were solely centered around you know, going after the running back in the run game or going after the quarterback on third down. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, just as a player, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I... I... I like him, and I, I I definitely like him in his role, and I get we'll get to that in a second. But he's got some nice moves. He reminds me of Dave Tolson, especially with that bull and pull move he has. I like that. Um, you know, in that 2018 season, he had two three sack games, 
which is like you can't blame a guy for that, but it's like how many times is he going to reproduce three sack games, you know? Like with B.J. Hill, where it's like he had five and a half sacks his rookie year. It's like, yeah, but one of those games was a three sack game. For comparison, O'Shane had 45% of the snaps last year, and he had more production than Kyler Fackrell. So I, I guess that can lead into it. Marcus Golden, O'Shane Zimenez, Lorenzo Carter, Kyler Fackrell. Where do you have him in that rotation of snap shares? Yeah, I definitely have him third. Definitely one hundred percent have, have him third. I Lorenzo Carter. Okay. That's yeah, interesting I, I'm just, because I go I go Fackrell fourth because I, I Marcus Golden obviously should lead that. I think O'Shane's number two in that. And then Lorenzo Carter, I think he brings you that solid run presence, like you know where you're yeah, getting. Yeah, I guess. So Yeah. But so it I really do think if this team if they didn't if they knew they were gonna get Marcus Golden on that restricted free agent tag or whatever. I don't think they signed Fackrell. And that's not just a knock on Fackrell. I just don't think they look at him as a need if if they knew they were getting Golden. No, that's a great point. And I think Fackrell and Carter's snap share. Now I know you asked me to rank them, but I guess the you know uh, just just playing, just trying to play nice to everybody here. I think their snap share is going to be somewhat similar. I just like Fackrell better as a player because you actually did see a year where he was productive, and even the tackles for losses were pretty good in 2018 as well. You know, you said that he had 12 tackle for losses in 2018, which is pretty darn good. Um, I like how versatile he is. I like how he can do different things. Can't say the same thing about Lorenzo Carter. Not really, not necessarily. Carter's, Carter's um, kind of versatile where they put, like, he was the one they trusted putting back in coverage last year. And when do you, like, yeah. do you remember any play where, oh, Lorenzo Carter in coverage screwed us? You know what I'm saying? No, no. And they even, so maybe even I, I know this isn't Lorenzo Carter's PPP, which that's that's coming up soon. Maybe you can even have both Lorenzo Carter and Kyler Fackrell filling in that role of a gap blitzer, or they're disguising, and then one or both of them drops back into coverage. Maybe they can even alternate that role with playing next to uh to Blake Martinez. So Bobby, I guess what we're you know kind of the main thing that we're that we're kind of figuring out right now that while we don't have a stud pass rusher, you know, maybe, you know, you said that you compared him to Dave Tollefson. Well, unfortunately, you know, Kyler Fackrell isn't complimented by the same pass rushers that Dave Tollefson was when he was a player. You're saying O'Shane Zimenez isn't going to be Jason Pierre-Paul? No, hey, hey, he may be OCU Manure. I don't hate that comparison. I know it's a cheap one because, you know, they talk to each other, but I don't think like an OC comparison is bad. I I have a lot of hope for O'Shane. I I think a lot of it depends on his work ethic. You know, it's one of those things we just don't get to see. But I, I, I'll save the that for the Ocean PPP. But I guess my whole point is, is that hey, at least there's some depth, and it's not like the Giants are in 2016, and Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul need to be out on the field for 95 percent of the snaps. Yeah, it's truly going to be a rotation, absurd. and you yeah. get him on a one-year deal, so it's, you know, you don't lose anything by it. But I, I really do believe that if if they knew they were getting Golden, they wouldn't have brought him back. That. And then you have a guy like Carter Coughlin, who you'd love to get see some spot reps and stuff. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how they use that. Um, and Patrick Graham's multiple D. Yeah, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do because you know Patrick Graham was the linebacker coach in 2018 when he had most of his success. So uh, this Very is, true. I think this is a good signing. I am. Uh, this was one of the underrated signings of this offseason that I was. Very happy with now. It's just a matter of if he can get his opportunities and if he can take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, we could be saying all this, Justin, and then he gets the second most reps. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be interesting to see.
Could he, wait, wait, here's a wild question. I don't want to, we'll make this quick. Is there, one year deal, is there any chance that he gets cut? No, I don't. Now, let me look at his contract. Hold on. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what the dead cap looks like. But if the Giants had the mentality of we're not, we don't know if we're getting back Marcus Golden or not, like you're saying, which this is the first that I'm really hearing. I I was always of the perception, also because I have you a personal bias to Marcus saying, Golden. You it's three and a half million deck, so you'd only save a million dollars. Oh, all right then. May may not may be worth it, may not be worth it, but whew, that would be that would be quite the shocker in my opinion. But hey, if they if they need one of the spots for uh, any any other position, that could happen. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they trade Lorenzo Carter. I don't know. Get a second round pick for Lorenzo Carter, right? Um, <laughs> that's how we deal with. Tra- that's how we view trades. Like, hey, someone will take a chance on this guy. Maybe the Jets will those trade a third and a fifth for Lorenzo Carter. All right, that wasn't necessary. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. We appreciate you guys listening. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>